Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the podcast dedicated to helping you earn more money, study more effectively, and be 1% better every day. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In the last strategy episode number 248, I discussed the importance of folding with made hands when you know your beat. It's poker study time, y'all! Hello and welcome to episode number 250 of the Smart Poker Study Podcast. My name is Sky, and if it's your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by. I recommend that you subscribe because I've got incredible poker strategy episodes dropping every single week. This is the place for growing your poker skills with practical tips, advice, and action steps because action is the greatest teacher. And for you repeat visitors, thanks for coming back and thanks for sharing the show with a friend. I really do appreciate your reviews, those kind words that you send in via email or the Twitters, and of course, your support. So today I'm talking about hand reading. I'm going to first dive into what hand reading is and the importance of developing this number one poker skill. Then I'll get into the simple two-step process for hand reading. But before we get to all that hand reading jazz, I want to take this opportunity to let you know that the Smart Poker Study podcast is brought to you by the SPS Poker Lab, which is my new membership site. Members get access to a growing library of strategy videos and resources that cover everything you need to become a successful winning poker player. On top of that, you also get regular live Q&A sessions, member-only poker quizzes, discounts and perks, plus our active poker member community, where you can not only get advice and input from me, but also from fellow poker-playing members who are going through the same training that you are. So if you're serious about becoming a better poker player, SPSPokerLab.com is the place to be. It's a no-brainer. So just head on over to SPSPokerLab.com to check it out and to join today. Alrighty, let's get to some hand reading. Please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today, along with screenshots and links at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod250. Gambate! And now for our feature presentation. It's time to talk about the number one poker skill that every single one of us must develop. And that skill is hand reading. So what is hand reading for those who do not know yet? Well, hand reading is assigning a player a logical range of hands based on their actions, then making the most positive EV decision that exploits their range. Now, it's critical that we're putting our opponent on a range of hands, not just one single hand. The reason we use ranges is because players can make the same play with tons of different hands. If they open-raised preflop, they can do it with pocket aces, jack-10, 9-7 suited, even pocket threes, along with all those other hands out there, right? And if we think about post-flop, let's say the flop is ace-jack-ten, and we make a continuation bet. There are a ton of hands that can actually raise us, right? Some hands could be like two-pair hands. Remember, the board was ace-jack-ten, so two pairs could be ace-jack, ace-ten, and ten-jack. Also, sets could be raising us, right? Those are three-of-a-kind hands, like pocket tens or pocket jacks. And obviously, the nut hand in this instance on the ace-jack-10 board, the straight with a king-queen can be raising us as well. So you see, you can't put somebody on just one hand. Depending on their preflop range and the board, there are lots of hands they would play in the exact same manner. Now, hand reading is the most important poker skill because it forces you to consider all the variables in every hand you play. 
those weak players out there, and you and I used to be weak players, right? Well, they just think about their hand and the cards on the board. But a skilled hand reader will think about so much more on every street in every hand. They're going to think about the type of player they're up against, maybe their HUD stats, maybe their just basic tendencies. Are they folders? Are they razors? Are they betters? They'll think about the specific actions the player has taken so far in the hand. They'll think about stack sizes, the size of the pot, possible future board cards, their own position related to their opponent, maybe any images at the table. You know, what does my opponent think of me? What do I think of them? And maybe table or even tournament conditions. There's so much to think about. Now, because a skilled hand reader considers so many more factors, they end up making better decisions. This leads to more hands won, more bad situations avoided, more opponents exploited, more money saved, and ultimately more profits at the table. Hand reading is how you're going to become the poker player you want to be. I challenge you! <laughs> so, you open raised from the cutoff. A loose aggressive player on the button 3 bet you. What range of hands does a loose aggressive button 3 bet you with? I want you to pause the podcast right now. This is your challenge. Pause the podcast and shout out your answer to the heavens. What range does a lag button 3 bet you with? Alright, let's talk about the logistics of hand reading. In its most simplified form, hand reading goes like this. First, you assign a preflop range of hands based on the player's actions. So a caller has a different range than a 3-better, which is also different from an open raiser's range. Next, as the hand progresses through the flop, the turn, and the river, you're going to narrow their range based on their actions. Narrowing a range means you're removing hands that don't fit into the actions they take. So if the player called your c-bet on the flop from out of position, you might remove all non-pair hands and every draw that is a, a gut shot or weaker draw. And lastly, you're going to exploit your knowledge of their range. So if you narrowed their range to mostly weak pairs and draws, you might use this information to make a huge bluff bet to get them to fold. Now, hand reading, just like any other poker strategy, requires loads of practice before you turn it into a skill that you can successfully use on the felt. Couple this with the fact that you're making assumptions about a player's range and how they play their hands means that you're going to find yourself making a lot of mistakes when you start your hand reading process. But do not get discouraged. Hand reading takes time and dedication to using it off and on the felt, and the more time you put into it, the better you'll become and the less mistakes you're going to end up making. Now, I did a full 66 days of hand reading in a row, and I put all those videos up on YouTube. You're going to see me make tons of mistakes pre-flop and through the streets, but this 66 days was the best thing I ever did for my poker game, and it helped me improve every single aspect of my poker game. I challenge you! <laughs> Let's say you check-raised on the turn. What hand strengths do you normally do this with? Is it all made hands, or are there sometimes draws or complete bluffs in your turn check-raising range? If you're walking the dog right now, I challenge you to pause the podcast and tell your dog the hand strengths that you check-raise with on the turn. And be honest with your dog, don't tell him you sometimes bluff with King High when you never really do that. After the break, I'll hit you with the two steps to hand reading. So you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. 
They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And of course, they have my three books, How to Study Poker Volume 1, Volume 2, and my latest book, Preflop Online Poker. Once again, to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial, go to audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. And I am telling you, Poker Tracker 4 is selling like hot cakes. Four players this week, Christopher Yuri, Philip Munoz, Daniel McVicker, and Montas Kirpius all purchased Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. That's the number four at the end. And, uh, you know, all one word, number four at the end. And because they purchased through me, I sent them my smart HUD as a thanks. It is the best HUD on the market. And of course, speaking of the smart HUD, it's selling like hotcakes too, right behind Poker Tracker 4. Four people already had Poker Tracker 4 this week, and so they bought the Smart HUD directly from me by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. They are Crittenden Ewing, Joseph Bercy, Andrew Dowling, and Kevin Kogan. Thank you four very much for picking up the number one HUD in the game. Alrighty, poker people, back to class. Now, you know, I'm all about keeping it simple. KISS is my favorite strategy in life, in business, in poker, and everything. Remember, KISS was keep it simple, stupid. So we're keeping it simple, and there are, there are really only two steps to hand reading. Step one is assigning a preflop range, and step two is narrowing that range through the streets. Yep, it is that simple, but that doesn't really make it easy. There are tons of factors to consider, so let's dive into those right now. So the first step for hand reading was assign a preflop range of poker hands. When I assign a poker range, I think about it as being made up of five different hand categories. Number one is pocket pairs. Number two, Broadway hands. Number three, aces. Number four, suited hands. And number five, offsuit hands. So to help me build uh, somebody's preflop range, I always ask one simple question over and over again. Here's the question. What is the worst hand they play this way? And whatever that hand is, I would include that and everything better in their range. So let's do this right now by trying to create a player's big blind calling range. Let's say we open raise from the cutoff, the button and the small blind both folded, and the tight aggressive big blind player called. So that's what we need to know. They are tight aggressive and they're ending the action with their call. So the first question, what is the worst pocket pair they would call with? Now let's just say they would call with pocket deuces and above, but they would three bet with pocket queens or better. So in their preflop calling range in the big blind, I would include pocket jacks down through pocket deuces. The second question, what are the worst Broadway hands they would call with? Well, I think the worst would be jack 10 suited, queen 10 suited, king 10 suited, and ace 10 suited. So I would include those and the better hands. And offsuit, maybe just the ace 10, the king jack, and the queen jack hands. Question three, what are the worst aces they would call with? Now I think they would call with every suited ace and only ace 10 offsuit and better. Question four, what are the worst suited hands they would call with? I think they would call with 7-6 suited as the worst suited connector and 8-6 suited as the worst suited gapper. So we can include those and everything better. And the final question, what are the worst off-suit hands they would call with? 
Maybe just those Broadway hands already mentioned. They probably wouldn't call Jack-10 offsuit or 10-9 offsuit even. And if you go to the show notes page for today, you can see what this final range looks like. And that's really it, right? We just built a tight aggressive player's big blind calling range. Pretty simple, just by asking that same question over and over again with those five categories of hands. Now, to help us answer those five questions, there are a lot of factors to take into account. You need to consider things like your history with the player, their stats, maybe their prior showdown hands. You basically need to dive into the logic that you think they use as they play poker. All right, let's get to step two, narrowing their poker range on the flop, the turn, and the river. Remember, narrowing means to remove hands from their range based on their actions. So if they call us on a monotone board, let's say the board has just three spades on it, there's a good chance they have a flush or a flush draw already. But you can easily remove under pairs that do not have a spade and most non-spade hands because there's three spades on the board, right? Everyone's kind of scared that you have one spade or maybe you already have a flush. Depending on the player, you might even be able to remove any two of spades, three of spades, four, or even five of spades hands if you think they would never stay in with such a weak draw. Now here's where putting yourself in your opponent's shoes and trying to figure out their logic is super important. Some players love to stay in with any draw, especially flush draws. They'll stay in with the ace of spades just as often as they stay in with the deuce of spades. Other players fold any non-pair and any non-nut drawing hand. Others stay in with any pair because they just fear getting bluffed. They don't care that you maybe have the nut spade, right? And then some players will only raise on the flop with trips or better, and other players bluff raise on the flop all the time. Now there are loads of factors that help you determine your opponent's logic. Things like actions taken, whether that's betting, checking, calling, or raising. Maybe the bet sizing they used. Timing tells, especially for you online players. Maybe for the live players, physical tells can give you an indication of the logic they use and the hands that they hold. And also, the cards on the board and how their range interacts with it. So hand reading is assigning that preflop range and then narrowing it through the streets. And that's the basis for all exploits against another player. These exploits can start preflop or at any other point in the hand. So preflop, if you assign the player a very wide raising range, you can exploit this knowledge by 3-bet bluffing a heck of a lot. If they call versus most 3-bets, instead of bluffing, you can value bet really big to exploit their calling tendencies. And then let's talk about post-flop. If you know they see bet the flop a lot, but only double barrel with strong hands, and the flop comes like a hard-to-hit jack-six-deuce, hey, it's a pretty easy exploit right there. You call their c-bet on the flop. As soon as they check the turn, you take the pot away from them with a bluff bet. Now, because there are so many important factors in narrowing your opponent's ranges, it takes loads of practice to become a skilled hand reader. So let me get you started. I challenge you. <laughs> I challenge you to five hand reading exercises, one per day for the next five days. Taking action and doing your own hand reading exercises is the only way you'll learn this skill. Now I challenge you to get to work. Alrighty, that's it for this week. Make sure you head on over to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod250 for the show notes and related links for this week's episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I will be back next week with a brand new hand reading episode. 
If you enjoyed today's show, I invite you to check out SPSPokerLab.com. This is the essential resource for any poker player at any stage of the game. Whether you're still figuring out what a seabed is or you're a consummate double barreler, the SPS Poker Lab can help you get to the next level. We have a growing strategy video library, monthly Q&As, exclusive member-only discounts, perks, and resources, along with a supportive and active poker community. The SPS Poker Lab is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to up their game. So check it out at SPSPokerLab.com. If you can type or say the word smart poker study, you can find me on Alexa and YouTube. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.